Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today we have on soccer player or pro footballer who has numerous accolades such as MVP for the under-23 U.S. Women's National Soccer Team and is now training to be a mental health counselor. Stephanie Oaks, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Not many people ask me that, so I do appreciate it. <laughs> I'm a counselor. This is what we do. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, let's start with your, with your career first. Let's, um, let's do a deep dive in what you're up to now after that. So how did you first get into soccer? Um, it's actually kind of cool. I, um, it was from watching the 1999 women's world cup. I don't, I don't know if it was like, you know, seeing that representation on the TV, you know, I saw it and I was like, wow, that looks like a lot of fun. And I was in a place where I was looking for a sport to play. And it literally happens like that. Like there's no soccer in my family. Like no one's ever played. And I literally just saw it and I was like, well, that looks fun. And then I started playing and just absolutely fell in love with it now do you call it soccer or football honestly both kind of depends on where i am but yeah it's yeah depends on who you ask and where you are some people will say soccer some will say football so people that say the football what do they call actual football in america they just call it american football american football i've heard some funny ones like uh uh people used to call it like hand egg (laughs) because that's like more appropriate I love a good hand um, game. I know it sounds so funny, but yeah, they'll say American football. How did it feel uh, knowing that you were good enough to play college pro and then winning the MVP in something like that game? How does it? How did it make you feel? It's funny asking like a therapist that question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if I ever felt, you know, took that moment to be like, "Hey, I'm good enough to do all this stuff." You know, it was. I was always this person who was kind of like, it's not good enough anymore, you know, like, and very, um, very hard on myself. So I don't, I don't know if I ever even had that moment where I was like, wow, I'm good enough. You know, I was like, you know, you're always chasing. That's kind of how I always felt. I was always chasing, like, no, I need to be better, you know, like, okay, I made it to the professional team. Now I need to be doing this, you know, and it was always like pushing for the next thing. But I, I think, in general, overall, like now when I look back, it feels really good to to know that I got to do something that I love doing. I think that's more of like what resonates with me is that that's what I would reflect on a lot is, wow, this is something I really love and I get to do it every day, you know, but it was that constant chase of like wanting to get better and better. I feel like everybody has a story behind their number. What is your story behind yours? Behind what? Your number, your player number. Oh, the number. Um, I I don't have a good story, which is I'm sorry. <laughs> you just pick a random um, one. You're like, yeah, that will do. Yeah, no, I um, in college I was given the number twenty two, and I literally like I was like, okay, you know, I was a freshman. I kind of had to take whatever I was given, and then it just stuck with me. Like I don't know. And then after that, and that's what. I don't know why, like I kind of tried to stay with it. And for the most part, I think I kept it for the most part on every team. Um, 
trying to think if there were any other ones, but I don't know. It, it's weird how like it matters, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't matter, but like, why did I try to keep getting the same number? You know, it's almost part of like your identity, which is kind of funny to say. You're very humble with uh, with your career. So you're all about the name on the front rather than the number on the back, which I like. Yeah. Now, what does mental health mean to you, by the way? Oh, it, I mean, mental health is everything. Like, to me, I, I think it, it's so hard to describe because it, it is everything. Like it's so important. It's how we see the world, like how we feel every day, how we interpret things. Like, I don't know. And I think what's interesting is that people will give you different answers, you know, like a lot of people will say, Oh, um, mental health is like self-care. Like that's been like such a buzzword lately is like self-care, self-care. Um, but I, I think mental health isn't like this divided thing on its own. It's how we feel every single day. And I think the more we get comfortable with that, like the more we'll pay attention to it. You know, it's not, <clears throat> I, I also have this feeling and I don't know if you felt this way too, that like when people talk about mental health, it's only reserved for like, Oh, only for those people who suffer with depression or anxiety or like have a diagnosis, you know, but we all have mental health to focus on. It's as important. And you're obviously talking to a counselor, so I'm so biased, but it's as important as our physical health, you know, all these things that, you know, we pay somewhat attention to, you know, and I think it should just be incorporated into everything as opposed to like this separate entity of like, oh, you only talk about mental health when you're struggling with it. No, you talk about mental health every day because it's in everything we do and again, how we feel every day. There's no wrong answer for that. There's a million yeah. different answers, and I like that one a lot. And there's a, there is a big difference because there is mental health, which we all have, and then there's people with mental illnesses. Right. So that's yeah. great. Um, did you ever have uh, like anxiety playing? I think we talked about that. How was it with uh, playing like sports anxiety? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's interesting is so I I did my undergrad in psychology too, um, and what's interesting is like, I had been studying it. I didn't do my master's till after I, I finished playing. But what's interesting is I didn't understand that I had anxiety the whole time, like until after, which is funny. Cause you would think like you're studying it. Like you would have an idea of like, Oh wow, this sounds really familiar. I, I don't know. In studying it, I kind of was like, huh? Like, I, I feel like I identify with some of that, but I never, could label myself as having anxiety. And I think maybe that speaks to where I was at in in like my own journey and addressing it. Um, But when I look back now, I see that it was laced throughout my whole career, like in so many ways, like, but what's, I think what's weird about things that we deal with internally is that we don't realize something is, I don't want to say like wrong, but like you don't realize necessarily that it's not, quote unquote normal, you're kind of just used to it. And you're like, oh, this must be how everyone thinks. <laughs> or you think, oh, this is just how I am and I have to get used to it. You know, but um it affected me a lot. Like it affected my playing. Um it affected how I dealt with things like with failure, with mistakes. I would I think my anxiety would just eat me alive because I would 
beat myself up and just be ruminating after thinking of, you know, which a lot of athletes tend to do, but it was like to the point where it's very excessive to the point where then I would go out to training the next day and be consumed with anxiety, like, and it would affect, start affecting my performance. Um, and so I, I would always try to, you know, I was trying everything. I was like, Oh, I need to meditate. I need to do this. I need to do that. Um, but it wasn't until after I like officially retired that when I started, I started my master's, I was like, dang, that really <laughs> took a toll, you know, but I yeah. didn't, I didn't realize it, you know? How does anxiety feel for you? Because for me, it's like, I just want to rip my skin off. Like I just want to scrape it yeah. off. And like, sometimes my stomach hurts. How is it for you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, where do I start? Um, it's the heart racing, like sweating a lot. Um, I mean, it's like the textbook, like anxiety, like what you will see when you look up the definition. Um, oh my gosh. It, it just like, I think I noticed it a lot too. Um, even after I was playing, when I was going into the world of mental health, because it was such a new career for me, it brought up a lot of anxiety. Cause I was like, I'm very new at this. Like, whereas with soccer, it was like, that's my comfort zone. Like I've been doing it for so long, but this was something totally new. And I was like, Oh gosh, I'm like getting anxiety talking about it. I would like feel it's the heart double, rate. Double I know. Yeah. Um, the overthinking I think is probably the worst for me. Like the, the after, even before, before I'm planning, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? I want to make sure I say the right thing. And then after it was like, it'll be like, Oh, I can't believe I said this. Like that person probably thinks this and this and this of me. Um, and just, just so excessive to the point where it just like consumes, you know, and I could see what you're talking about, like that feeling of like, you almost want to get out of your own skin because it's so much, you know, but yeah. Style like stuttering and stuff. I'm the same. I'm like, I get a whole slew of them. Anxiety. Isn't it great? <laughs> Isn't it great? Yeah. It's, uh, well, you know, it's interesting. Sorry to like go off on a tangent, no, but I think um, I, I recently started doing therapy and what's interesting is I was talking to my therapist about, how anxiety almost like kind of made me a better soccer player, which sounds weird, but like it comes from this deeper place of wanting to kind of prove myself and, you know, trying to earn this feeling. I mean, I don't want to go too much, but trying to earn this feeling of being um, kind of being loved and valued for, for something, you know? And so that kind of, drove me to work so hard at playing soccer and being the best I could be. So it's kind of weird because I, I look at anxiety. I'm like, it oddly helped me in a way, but there was a point where it just became too much. And it was kind of past that threshold where it was like a healthy amount of drive. You know what I mean? It makes sense because anxiety is an internal battle and you want to win that battle. Yeah. How was it being a, an athlete and did you have thick skin? Like what was like some of the things people would say to you in the crowd? Did you ever have to deal with that? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so I just deal with things as you could probably see. I'll start just laughing. I'm like, ha, ah, that's funny. 
And then later I'll think about it. I'm like, actually, you're right. <laughs> and I laugh. That's literally, I mean, that's just how I, I it's like yeah, coping mechanism. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. At the time, like when I was playing, if someone would say something, I would, it would kind of depend on the game if I was doing well. And this is so like speak to the anxiety. Like if I was doing well that day, I was feeling better about myself and it didn't matter as much. Whereas if I wasn't doing as well, that's when anxiety starts getting worse and you start kind of, you know, the, the cycle of thought starts going. So it would kind of depend on the day, but if usually I would be able to be like, Oh, that's funny. Like, you know, and it wasn't terrible stuff. Like I've heard some games where, and some like, especially in Europe and other places, like they'll say some pretty intense stuff, but <laughs> I don't think I've ever had to deal with it. Like to that extreme, like, right. um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> people forget that athletes and like famous people and actors, actresses are like human beings as well. No. <laughs> Robots. Like, oh, you, you kick a ball, so I'm going to scream uh, terrible things at you. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you're talking about being a counselor. Why did you want to get involved with mental health? Um, I, you know, I've been asked that question a lot, like going through like, when you apply to get your master's and then after when I started working and I still don't know if I have a good answer, like, because I, I really have just been like from a young age, just like intrigued by humans. Like I'm just so curious about like why we are the way we are, like why we do the things we do. And that's kind of where it started. And then I don't know. I, I think there's so many factors that go into it, but I I've always enjoyed helping people. And I think this is a really incredible way for me to do that, you know? And I think, you know, in, in choosing like a career, it's so hard because you, you know, you can just do it like a random thing and it might not make you that happy, but if you can find something that you really love and that you have some like skill set or some ability in, um, and I think I hit that sweet spot with mental health, you know, working with mental health. Um, I don't know. And I don't know, like kind of what, I think there are so many factors that drove me to that, like my own stuff, like, you know, so many things, but I can say like, since I started doing it, I was, you know, it's obviously really hard, <laughs> you know, there's really difficult moments, but it, kind of similar to like playing soccer. I wanted to find something that I enjoy doing every day. You know, it's so cheesy to say that, but it's like, I don't know. I can't imagine living any other way. And I think play gave me that, you know, is that feeling of waking up every day and feeling excited to go do what you want to do. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I already knew I wanted to do something with psychology or something. And then, I don't even know what made me be like, Hey, I want to be a therapist. You know, maybe it was like always being that person anyway, you know, to all my friends and all my family, like always being that person. So I was like, you know, maybe I could do this. Like, we'll, we'll see, you know, and I started it and I was like, wow, this is fun. You already pretty much answered my next two questions, but I'm going <laughs> to ask them anyway. <laughs> How are you with working under pressure? Oh, it depends. Um, depends on a lot of different things. And 
it's a, it's a good question to ask when someone who's battle with anxiety, you know, because pressure can do a lot, you know? Um, it's interesting to look back on like playing soccer in front of like huge crowds. Like you think, Oh, there's so much pre- pressure go- that goes into it. But I've felt more nervous doing like therapy than, than doing that. And I think that's more a testament to like, you put so many hours into playing that like you get to the point where you don't have to think anymore necessarily about like what your next move is, how, how to pass a ball, how to do like these very simple things, because it's just so muscle memory, like ingrained into you. So I've never felt more pressure than when I started doing therapy because I, and the clients that I was working with, it was a very, I was working with clients who dealt with trauma. So I was like, Oh my gosh, what if I say the wrong thing, you know? And I really had to go into it and just, I mean, so much anxiety, but I I just had to kind of like a lot of things. Like once you start doing it, you start feeling better little by little, you know, cause you're getting more comfortable and you start believing in your own ability a bit more. And that's what I had to do was like, trust as a human, I could handle the situation no matter what, like, even if it got really bad, you know, like, and luckily I've been okay, but I don't know, like, you know, I think people don't realize like when you're in, so, I mean, I was, um, I was working with clients who have dealt with primarily like sexual trauma. So it was very intense. And I've talked with a lot of people who were suicidal, who were suicidal at that moment, like trying to talk them down from it. And it's like, I can't, that's like the most high pressure situation I can think of, you know? And I think I really had to, it wasn't as much about like, okay, here's the textbook thing to do. It was like, be a human and connect with them. And I had to rely on my ability to do that. And that was so scary, but like so rewarding. And I'm so glad that I've been able to, to do that, but I don't know. I've definitely been in some very high pressure situations. I don't know. It's been a lot. The therapists I've got along with, and they all had a good personality. Like I knew Mm -hmm. that they were like, being real and opposed Mm -hmm. to like some of them that literally probably were reading right from the textbook. And I was just like, yeah, Yeah. this isn't going to work. Where are you right now in your journey? Are you a full licensed counselor therapist? Are you still working through that? No, I'm still working towards it. Um, So you, you finish your degree and then you start earning hours and it's just kind of that journey. And you, once you, at least in California, it's different in every state. Um, So we, finish a certain amount of hours and we take a test. And then once you're, once you pass the test, then you become licensed. So did you want to focus on one like mental illness or did you, were you going to take tackle a bunch of them? Um, I'm still figuring that out to be honest. Um, I've noticed that, you know, the clients that have anxiety, like it's really easy for me to connect with them, you know, but you also like as a therapist, like you can't really, use that too much, you know, because you, your own experience can kind of give you that bias of like, Oh, well, they they must be experiencing it the same way that I did, you know, but I don't know. That's just what I found is that because I've had experience with anxiety, they can kind of start describing it. And I mean, I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I know exactly the feeling. Um, but that's the challenge is that 
you can know the symptom, but it's, it might resonate different with each person. Um, so I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I'm interested in doing something with sports too, obviously, because that's so much of my background and my heart and soul. So I don't, I don't know. I think ideally in the future, I'd love to do something, um, maybe with athletes and I don't know. It's right up your alley. Right up my alley. Yeah. Right up your alley. What are some things that you learned along your way that just straight up surprised you? You're like, whoa. Along like the mental health. Yeah. Is there any one thing that you're like, oh, this mental illness, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Or you you learned something or if you don't like any stigmas too. There's so much. Um, I think one of the things I didn't under, I knew about trauma, but I didn't fully understand it until I started working with it and learning about different modalities to treat people who've dealt with trauma. And I mean, trauma can be a lot of different things. It's not just this, like, you know, you were abused as a child. It's this very extreme situation, which most of my clients, that was the case, but I mean, that, I think that was what was so fascinating to me is how our body and our brain responds to it and deals with it and holds on to it. You know, like it, I think that was so shocking is how long our brain holds on to it. And there's this like famous book, the body keeps the score that is about trauma that goes in depth into it, but it, it is, it's incredible. Like how, how like sophisticated our brains are, but how like damaging that can be because it holds on to it for so long. You know, it's like people like to think, Oh, you know what? That happened in my childhood. I forgot about it. But you know, until like, usually until you really address a lot of it, like it's still kind of sitting in there and affecting a lot of things. And there's so much brain chemistry that goes into that. And is, I don't know, learning about that. I was like, wow, (laughs) it is fascinating. Um, I would say that's probably like the biggest thing. Um, I don't know, but I could probably name like 25 other things. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Hey, you're learning on the way. That's yeah. Yeah. You said you see a therapist. I see a therapist and I normally (laughs) cry in my sessions. Do you ever get emotional when you're dealing with somebody else's trauma? Um, I, Yes and no. Like, and I I try to, it's kind of weird as a therapist because there's so many, um, there's so many guidelines around like, you know, you don't want to become like too emotional to the point where it's like, they start like (laughs) comforting you, you know, but then there's also this aspect. And I think it's, you, if you ask any therapist, it's different depending on who you ask. But for me, I feel like you also are a human, you know, so like, it's okay to be affected by it. And for me, I, I kind of shy away from like, I wouldn't, I would try not to be like crying, like full on and being like sobbing, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but that's part of, um, that that's how I feel about it. You know, like I, I feel like my job is to kind of be there and be that strong support for them in that moment so that, you know, because that's the difference in going to a therapist as opposed to like a family member, right? Because you, let's say you start talking to a family or a friend 
and they start getting really upset, then you start feeling like, okay, now I need to take care of them and how they're feeling as opposed to like, wait a second, I'm the one that came in talking about this, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I, for me, I tried to kind of hold it together and then I deal with it after, you know, like I have a, and that's my way of dealing with it, you know, is I'll kind of hold that space for the the person, the client to talk about stuff and try to, you know, be that good sounding board and that good support for them. And then there's definitely times where after I'm like, I think about it, I'm like, wow, they were just talking about this very like intense thing, you know, and I've had moments I haven't yet like fully cried in a session, but I've had moments where I've started like tearing up and I'm like, just because you, you hear about the pain that people are going through and some of the awful, awful things that have happened to them. And you just feel like, you know, as a therapist, like you have some sense of empathy, you know, like and you right. start feeling what they're feeling and it's like, <sighs> it's hard, but I, I try to, you know, as a lo- very long winded answer, I try to keep it keep it together, but I'm sure they can still like see on my face, you know, that I'm very impacted by what they're saying. And I think it would be inhumane to just kind of be the robot who's like, right. Unaffected, (laughs) you know, but personality. Yeah. Yeah. But I I also like want to make sure it's still about them, you know, and holding that, make sure, making sure to hold that space for them, you know? I always wonder when I talk to my therapist, if she talks to her therapist about me, you know what I mean? It's like, I got this client, he's driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think um, that's what's cool about becoming a therapist is um, along the way you have like a supervisor who um, is like your mentor and you talk to them about, you know, different things that clients are talking about and, it's so cool because I don't know, at least for me, I've had a really good experience with, with supervisors who they just can provide a different perspective. And it's so hard because you think, you know, what's going on with someone. And sometimes you need to like hear another opinion, you know, or another um, perspective on what it might be, but that's kind of, I think that's one of the biggest things that they talk about when you become a therapist is, making sure to take care of yourself too. And a lot of that is going, doing your own work and, you know, cause that's how we can sh- show up the best for clients, you know, is if we're, we are that solid and I don't know, that solid presence for them as opposed to, you know, if, if I haven't dealt with my own stuff, it's going to show up like in therapy, even with clients. And that's kind of, that's another thing I've learned that's kind of crazy is you don't, you think, oh, I've I've got it, like I'm fine, like nothing's gonna nothing's gonna, you know, like trigger me in a certain way. But you'd be surprised, like when clients talk about certain things, you like I don't you're like, oh <laughs> I feel some type of way about this. <laughs> but yeah. Along your personal life, your soccer career and your therapy career, what are you most proud of? Oh gosh. Um, I think, (laughs) I know it's, 
<laughs> so hard. I think I'm most like for me, I'm most proud of what I did after and the transition away from soccer because that was the hardest for me. Um, you know, I'm very proud of like everything I put into playing and I don't know. I'm obviously like proud of how far I got, but I, I think the hardest thing for me, which is like people might, that might sound weird to people, but the hardest thing for me was starting to do something completely different. That was like, so out of my like identity that I had before. Um, that was the most challenging thing because you, as I'm sure a lot of athletes will say, like you grow up and that's how people know you. Like you're the athlete, you're the soccer player. And it's so wrapped up in how you look at yourself too and your identity that once, you know, when you stop playing, you're like, <laughs> wait a second, like what, who am I now? Like, what do I do now? Um, and I think I had it a little easier because I always knew I wanted to do something with psychology or mental health. Whereas a lot of players are like, have no idea. And they're like, I have no idea what I want to do outside of soccer. And it's really hard. Um, but for me that it was so hard to like, I, like a funny example is like when I went to my interview, like after, after I finished uh, or was like almost done with my degree, like the, the last part of the degree, you have to get like um, experience um, with clients in person. And I remember going to my interview and they were looking at my resume and they're like, what? <laughs> like, because it all, it was just all the teams I had played for. Right. It was like all this experience, like being an athlete. And for me, it's like, it was like comical because they're like, have you done anything <laughs> with mental health? And I was like, nope, sure haven't, but I got this degree and, you know, here we are. Um, but I kind of like, that's an example of like how it just seems like out of left field, you know, because you have so much experience doing this other thing, like countless hours going into being a soccer player. And all of a sudden you're just flipping the switch and starting something brand new, starting all over again. And for me, that was like, that's what I'm proud of because I'm like, dang, that was really hard for me and hard because I'm an anxious person too, you know? So every bone in my body was like, don't do it. Let's do something safer. Go be, go do this because you, you know, go be a coach because you feel more comfortable with that. And that's what, you know, you know, so I, so much of me was like wanting to avoid, but I just kind of trudged through and did it. And I'm like, so proud of myself for that. Cause it's hard. Hey, I just met you and I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, I would have went to that interview I would, they, when they said that question about mental health. They're like, well, I know a lot about anxiety because I'm anxious right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me tell you about anxiety. Like, are yeah. you ready for this one? Um, all right. We're going to wrap up here, but I wanted to talk about uh, where I am opposed to where you are. You're in California. I'm in Boston. How was, uh, how was it when you came to Boston? <laughs> you know... <laughs> It was like good in some ways, bad in others. And I told you this earlier, but yeah, I, I like really liked Boston because I, when I was there, I was, when I went to go play like a game there, um, I had some close friends that live there. So that part was really cool. The downside 
when I went there is when I tore my ACL. So it doesn't have the best place in my, <laughs> but I know there's potential and there's hope for the future. I just have that kind of right. scar, literally yeah. scar. <laughs> literally have a scar in my knee. From being hey, if you ever need to be a therapist out here, everyone's always looking for one. So if you need yeah. to relocate out here, we'll, we'll break the stigma. We'll break the stigma on Boston where yeah. it broke, your, uh, broke that. Um, and I want to end with this, these two things I like to ask all my guests. So what would be your personal theme song? So you played soccer, they introduce you. What song would be playing? You know, <laughs> I have a song, but I kind of hesitate because it's like, I wouldn't say it's a theme song, but it's like my like pump up. Yeah, that works. Gets, oh my gosh, gets the juices flying. Um, it's called Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. Have you heard it? Uh, I don't think so. I'm terrible it's, with song names, but I like learning these so I can go listen to them. Okay. But it's funny because like you talk to me and you're like, what? and then you're going to listen to a song and be like, what? Like, it's so, it's so intense. Like, but that's kind of why I love it. Is it just like, it makes you feel once, once it starts, like, once it gets going, you're like, dang, I need to like go fight someone, go like run through a do something, wall. go, yeah. go run. <laughs> I know it sounds funny to say that. Um, that's my like go to it's yeah. I just, I can't wait to hear like your reaction. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. Either. I'll, I'll shoot you an email after and see how it goes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's intense. But I love it. All right. Let's end with this. What are three things that you're grateful for today? Oh, so this is such a good exercise. I even tell my class to do it. Um, <laughs> it's, I try to like do this every day and I'm smiling because I try to do this every day where I have moments throughout the day where I'm just like, wow, I'm really glad this is happening. I'm really glad this is in my life. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I'm grateful for is, I know this is such a cheesy answer, but um, my daughter, because she like, she makes me live in the moment. You know what I mean? Like in the way of you, you have like, you don't have kids, right? I think no. you said it's weird how like they, <laughs> there can be 20 things going on, but like, that's the thing about kids is like, they need what they need in that moment, you know? And as a parent, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm the person to give that to you. And what's cool is it makes you, um, forget about everything else and just focus on them. And that's why I'm so grateful for that in so many ways, because I take the time to stop and slow down and be like, you know what, let's, even if it's something silly, like let's play with these rocks on the ground. Like, right. but then I'm sitting there and I'm just like relaxing and I'm not being anxious about something, you know? So it's super cool. Um, gosh, I could think of so many I think another thing is, I don't know. I think my health, <laughs> I know I'm saying all the ones that people probably say all the time, but no, it's good. That's, recently that's come up a lot. Um, just hearing different things about people struggling with stuff and it just makes you grateful for the thing that we take for granted a lot, you know? Um, and then I would say, um, I don't know. I think one of the biggest things, like, you know, you said today, but just in general that I'm thankful for is all the things that I've gone through, like 
even the anxiety, like all this stuff, because I've gone to such a good point that I don't know if I could have gotten here without it. You know, like I almost needed to go through a lot of stuff to get on the other side of it. So in a weird way, I'm kind of glad I was, I went through a lot of it. That's a, that's a great three. I like it. Yeah. That's a good hat trick. Good hat trick. Um, well, thank you. You so using the link? I know. I know. And I, I was I was researching <laughs> a little bit. Pro footballer. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm what words do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. So where where could everyone find you on the internet? Um, I mean, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I don't go on Twitter very much, but I'll respond. That's how I found you. Uh, I, I messaged you. I know. Twitter. I know. Um, I mean, I I'm like. <laughs> on most platforms i'm the creepy person who like i do post on instagram like more often yeah. but i'm the creepy person who just like watches everyone else else's yeah. stuff and like on twitter i just read everyone else's tweets but i never say anything and we could talk about what that means another time um but i yeah i would say instagram i'm probably the most active you know fantastic Stephanie, after talking with you today, you are so very humble. You have a great personality, big heart. I'm so happy for you on your journey becoming a therapist. So you should be definitely proud yeah. of that. And you are. And I'm, I, hey, I'm proud of you. Now we're friends. Yay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Stephanie Oaks, thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. Me too. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.